Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only. The Go Radio Football Show with The Taxi Centre. Hosted by Paul Kinney, Barry Ferguson and Davy Proven. Listen live weeknights from five. Talking Scottish football first. Let's go! Good evening, the Ryan Porteous Red Car Appeal by Hibs is rejected, no surprise there. The joint response update means away fans should be back in in the next couple of weeks. Just under a 1,000 Hearts fans will be at Ibrox a week on Saturday after the international break. On that, the Tartan is out, three-day countdown now to Scotland against Israel at a full Hamden. Who's going to be in your team? 0808 17 17 700 or on the socials at Goal Football Show. And in the Scotland squad, we're going to look back. Stuart Armstrong's going to be speaking in the programme. We're going to look back to his debut back in 2017. Who's still in the squad now from that game then? And can you remember what it was? It was a Scotland victory. And let's hope that's an omen for Scotland against Israel. It's like our cup final on Saturday. Top headline though, Ryan Porteous. Barry spoke about it on Monday. Davey, what do you think? Is it the right decision that it's been rejected? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just surprised that Hibs took it to appeal in the first place. I can only assume that they were grandstanding to their supporters. It was a horrible tackle. Um, it ticked every box. It was high. Um, he endangered an opponent. It was out of control. Absolute shocker, straight red card, right decision. So why have so many people contested it over the past few days? I've no idea, I've no idea. Anyone who looks at that, or anyone, certainly anyone who's played the game, would look at that challenge and think, wow, just as well Joe Rebo, you know, wasn't on the end of that. And, and certainly just as well as foot wasn't planted, or that could have been a horrific challenge. Barry, no question, you said it on Monday. It, it, it was a red. Yeah, and you broke it that Hibs were appealing um, the red card. I thought it was wild, I thought it was reckless, and for me, it was um, it was a definite red card. I thought the referee got it spot on. I watched it, as I was saying, mm -hmm. I don't know if David was actually in the studio, wasn't he watching it? When I was watching it live, I thought, oh, so that, that was an all right tackle, until I seen it for another angle in the camera. Definite red card, as I said, wild and reckless challenge. I think Jack Ross admitted as much after the game that, you know, he said oh, from a certain angle it doesn't look very good. Um, and if I'm Jack Ross, I'm absolutely raging because sitting in the studio here watching the game, you know, so often, Barry, you see the old firm go a goal up at home and the game's over. Mm -hmm. Hibs go to Ibrox and you think, well, they've got a chance. They're going to have to play out their skin, but they've got a chance. When they go a goal up, you think, oh, game on here. We've got a really good game of football. Half an hour gone, Hibs one up. And Portis just blows it for them. Yeah, but when I was watching the game, I actually thought Rangers started okay the first 10 minutes, but soon the game started to settle down a bit. Hibs started to get into the game, Newell in the middle of the park was starting to dictate things. They get the goal, and once they got the goal, they looked if they were the team on uh, the ascendancy. They, they looked strong, uh, they looked solid. Um, so he put his team in a horrible position because they were in control when they were one goal up. Certainly at Ibrox, you need 11 players. You go down to 10... Mm. 
it, it makes it ever so hard for your for your teammates. It was a long sixty minutes. You're a football manager. What would you do with Ryan Porteous? He was in the Scotland squad before. Can he get back well, to that level? I'm getting my honest opinion. I've watched him a number of times. I think he's a good centre back. I do. He's only 22, but this is going to um, start his career for me. Um, teams, I'm sure, will be up watching him. Um, but this is now a, a, a few occasions that he's got red cards and wild red cards for wild tackles. Um, so it's something that he'll need to take out of his, his game. I heard Jack Ross saying that he's, they've been working really hard on him the past year and a half. Um, so he, he needs to take that out of his game. Because um, he has his strong, he's physical, he's a decent footballer. I like him as a centre back. Davy, you've worn the dark blue of Scotland, same as Barry. Is he going to be back in a Scotland squad? Do you think he will listen and learn? I'm not sure. I, I think the boy's got a major problem. Um, uh, there are times he can't help himself. He, he dives into challenges that are completely needless. You know, he should be staying in his feet at times and he's diving in. It's almost as if he wants to prove what a hard man he is. And I think you get that with some teenagers, but he's 22 now. He should be grown out that. He should he should be much better at judging, you know, when he's got to commit and when he hasn't. Um, in terms of Scotland, I, I think he's at the back of the queue now. Uh, I think I think John Souter, if, if the two of them are fit, Souter or Portis, I'd have Souter. I think Souter's use of the ball is better. You could argue Portis is maybe a better defender, mm. but I think I think if Portis can get himself fit, he'll be ahead of Port. Uh, if Souter can get himself fit. You'll be ahead of Portis. Scotland fans, what do you think anyway as we look forward to Scotland against Israel? Saturday, 5 o'clock, Hampden Park. 52,000 there. 0808 17 17 700. It's the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven. Uh, right, here's the gauntlet being laid down by Ian Murray. He's backing Hibs and Hearts to finish higher than Celtic. Celtic fans, would you take that if it meant that you won the league next season? put that out there Barry what do you think Ian Murray is he just winding them up or not listen he's giving his opinion um, but my opinion is that Celtic and Rangers will be one and two um, look it's great to see both um, Hearts and Hibs challenging this early in the season but I think they'll, they'll suffer as the season goes on I think both have not got strong enough squads Paul when injuries start to appear when suspensions um, I think that's where it will come down to but for me Rangers and Celtic will fight out um, top spot. Is that what happens? Because they've they've both got good, good teams, squads. Yeah. Good starting eleven. I mean, yeah, Hibs proved that the first thirty minutes mm. at Ibrox. Jack Ross says the lead up to the game, he's coming to attack Rangers. He's coming to go for Rangers, and that was proven right because um, they were the team that were um, on top before the Portis red card. Hearts just straight up for the championship. Robbie Nielsen's doing a a fantastic job some great results another strong performance at the weekend against Muddle who let's be honest are flying high as well they sure are Davey Hearts and Hibs are they going to come in ahead of Celtic I, I listen I, I would love to see Hearts and Hibs finish above both Glasgow clubs I think it would be a real really? shot in the arm yeah because it would be a real shot in the arm for our game at the moment it's a duopoly isn't it and it's just a little bit too predictable um, it would be a much better league if Hearts and Hibs were making a proper challenge. In the past, Paul, I've described them as the twin imposters of Scottish football, Hibs and Hearts. Yep. And that, for me, is what they are. Their underachievement is its an embarrassment, I think, to two, two teams who represent our capital city. I really believe that. They've had some really good teams and they never make the most of it. I go back to when Craig Levine was manager of Hearts, Brendan Rodgers was manager of Celtic, Hearts beat Celtic 4-0 at Tynecastle, ending a long unbeaten run of Brendan Rodgers. I think the next four games they took 
two points in the league. And that, that sums them up. It's an open-top bus parade when they beat one of the old firm and then they fall flat on their face the next week. And that is a difference in mentality between Edinburgh and Glasgow. I remember that. They beat them well, didn't they? they? Yeah. Young Harry Cochran. Yep. Only 16-year-old. Yeah. Um, scoring a goal. Uh, but listen, I, I just don't think they've got strong enough squads. In terms of starting 11s, I think they're strong teams. Mm-hmm. But once they start to suffer, as I said, injuries and suspensions, um, I think that will take its toll. I like that. Open top bus parade when Hearts or Hibs beat Celtic or Rangers. Yeah, yeah. So it's after the Lord Mayor's show. You sure. know, they can yeah. get up for the old firm, yeah. but you know, the very next week they'll, they'll, they'll lose to the dog and duck. That's, that's just the way they are. Let's go on the lines. Derek is on, a Rangers fan that we know. Derek, good evening. Good evening, good evening, pal. Great to hear you back on the radio, uh, David, even though you support the rank team. Uh, <laughs> you don't like Kilmarnock, no. <laughs> you and your United fan, Derek. <laughs> uh, uh, with Conor Goldson looks to be leaving Rangers uh, this summer, do you think Rangers should make a bid for Ryan Porteous? Typical <laughs> <laughs> Derek, yeah. I, I think it would be a great signing for Rangers. Uh, if he had the right if he cut out his, his rash tackles I yeah. think he's a great defender we were just saying that Derek mm. I think that's the thing that lets Ryan Portis down is his discipline and it's been proven with a, a couple of wild sending offs wild challenges no doubt but, Look, I said but, I rate him I think he's good Derek I think he's a good player but until he takes it out his game I think he's going to suffer. Look at Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Jack before Stephen Gerrard came to the Angels. They were loose cannons, if you could say. Mm. How many times did Ryan Jack get off, uh, sent off at the start of his Rangers career? Three or four times in one season? I think if Stephen Gerrard could maybe cut out his rash tackles, I think it would be a great signing for Rangers. Davy, what do you think? Mm, not, not sure. Let, let's forget a minute his disciplinary record mm. and let's just assume that... that He's going to calm it down yeah. and, and be sensible from now on. I just don't know if he's at that level. I don't know if he's at that level. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's got a chance of becoming a very good player, but he's, he's not there yet. And the disciplinary thing is only going to hinder him. He's handled by people who also handle Andy Murray, isn't it? Andy Murray's involved in it, who, you know, one of our greatest ever athletes, sportsmen. Barry, what about Conor Goldson? Derek's saying if he goes this summer do you think he is going to go? He's the only one that's not uh, put pen to paper uh, not not committed to the, the, the club and that's something that I'm, I'm sure the, the manager will be frustrated I don't know how long he's got left I think it's a year beyond yep. be, uh, after this season finishes I think if he doesn't commit it's plain and simple I think Rangers will um, let him go you, you need players that are committed once you let players get into the final 18 month 12 month of their contract um, you generally let them go for less money so if he doesn't commit that's an area where the manager will need to strengthen I don't think he's playing that well anyway Barry mm. maybe his contract's on his mind but I think he's been off it this season I thought he was terrific last season arguably one of you could argue that he was their most consistent mm-hmm. player last season I don't think he's at the same level this, this yeah, season I think the contract situation does play in players minds so he needs to make a decision is he going to commit to Rangers or is he, you know, he needs to get his head down because if he doesn't commit, he needs to start playing well to get a move. Because mm-hmm. he's certainly not playing at the level he did last season. Derek, do you think that has affected him, the contract situation? Uh, I'm not his biggest fan, I think. Uh, when he's under pressure and the fans are on top of him sometimes, I think he's he makes a lot of stupid mistakes. So did you see on Instagram today, Muddy Boots, Ryan Jack, is he on the way back? 
Is that a sign today? I hope so. I hope so. Um, look, when Rangers signed Ryan Jack, I wasn't too sure. I've got to be honest with you. I'm thinking squad player, but fair play to Ryan Jack. He missed him. He exceeded my expectations. I think he's been a terrific Rangers player over the last couple of seasons. And Listen, it's tough when you get an injury, but he's one player that I'm sure that Steven Gerrard will be desperate to get back. And Divi, maybe it's part of why they're not firing. Hey, they're top of the table, but you know, yeah. you keep saying about the form and the sparkle, yeah. but they thought he would be back earlier. Yeah, I mean, just does such a good job in that role. You know, he snaps at people and he drives people on as well. <laughs> There's an energy about him. Um, they, they, they've missed him. I know Rangers have, have got plenty of, of numbers in midfield. I don't think they have another Ryan Jacko. And if, if he can get himself back, back fit, and there, there would be a question mark, I think, over him now in terms of being a bit injury prone but if they can get him fit and give him a run of games he'll, he'll do Stephen Gerrard a great time Derek are you a fan of Ryan Jack? Yes I think it covers Tavernier and uh, the left back when they're bobbing forward he covers that position well I think last season when he was playing was it 16 games and they never lost a goal when he was playing Quite a stat, it's isn't quite it? A good record. Yeah, it was phenomenal last season. And you heard Stephen Gerrard last year. I think it was after the Hamilton Aki's game um, at New Douglas Park mm -hmm. when uh, I think he drew the game that he's learnt his lesson. He won't leave Stephen Davis or Ryan Jack out the team if both of them are fit. That's how important both of their players are. Derek, you're a great student of the game. Ian Murray today saying Hibs and Hearts are going to finish above Celtic. I know you're a Rangers fan, but you're pretty balanced. What do you think on that? Do you think Hearts and Hibs will come ahead of Celtic? I think Hibs would need to beat Celtic uh, at Easter Road. If they don't, I would, I would say that they kind of come to Glasgow basically and win. Uh, I would say no over the season. I don't think they'll get big enough squads. If you look when the, when Portis gets sent off to bring on a 36-year-old, could he go around a game that's playing every game? Probably not, McGregor. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say no. Rangers first by about 10 points and then Celtic even though I would love them to be fourth or fifth but I don't see it being <laughs> Is that top or bottom? It's <laughs> 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 <That> steady <laughs> Some man isn't it? Derek? He is and Derek, We're not going to ask you about Scotland we know where you stand in Scotland the Go Radio audience knows that uh, he's not a big Scotland fan he prefers England we've had that argument many many times what about Nathan Patterson though? Um, are you hoping that he plays in the dark blue this weekend? Uh, no, I would rather he didn't play uh, in case he gets injured for Rangers. So <laughs> I'd rather he didn't play. <laughs> you're on the technical staff there. Are you part of the sports science. You're, you're some. Is there anything we can ask him that will get a serious? No, that that's how you feel. Um, Nathan uh, Patterson. I, I saw Willie Miller. Decision. Yeah, I read yeah. Willie Miller's quotes today, and he yeah. would stick with Stephen O'Donnell. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I think probably the Tartan Army are split. I think a lot of people yeah. appreciate the job that Stephen O'Donnell has done. I think he's he's played above himself for Scotland. Yeah. Um, but given a choice, I, I would go for, for Nathan, Nathan Patterson. And that's no reflection on Stephen O'Donnell's performances. I just think young Patterson's use of the ball is better in the final third. Derek, thanks for your call. Right, cheers, Paul. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you very much. Listen, I love his honesty. He comes on and says, nah, you know, I don't want Rangers to lose a player. I mean, Celtic fans must be thinking as well, Kyogo going with Japan. I mean, they've only seen him in the last, what, week he was out for three weeks and Callum McGregor as well came back from the Scotland game but that is part of playing international football it is and that will be a worry not just for the Celtic fans but Postacoglu as well for, for me both of the players are key if Celtic want to go and challenge they too need to be fit Callum McGregor and Kyogo Davey 
Can, yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there are three or four big players in every dressing room and, and Callum McGregor and Kyogo are absolutely central to everything that, that Postacoglu is trying to do. Um, and yeah, he'd, he'd be worried about, you know, Callum, Callum McGregor, is he playing too, too soon? And Kyogo, that, you know, that journey out to the, the Far East. Um, that's, that's bound to take something out I was listening last night a bit of a ding dong battle here in the Go Radio Football Show it was good stuff Rob was on with John Hartson Stephen Cragen and they were talking about um, the manager Ange Postacoglu and saying that you know Celtic should be backing him I think John was saying that and, and Stephen Cragen was saying well the backing is that you're there you're the manager nobody can come out and say you're going to be the manager for the next yeah. year no matter what happens but John feels that Celtic should Davey it's the first time we've seen you since the weekend how do you think uh, things are going there? Rangers winning, Celtic had yeah. to win and they finally got an it, away win. It was all about winning, Paul. It wasn't, I don't think it was a, a classic Celtic performance. Um, but, you know, given, if you imagine Celtic had lost that game at the weekend, I mean, they would have been hounding Postacoglu today. Um, he'd have been under major pressure. He had to go up there and win. They, they managed to grind it out and maybe they're going to have to do that throughout the season. I think the target would be to keep in touch with Rangers until the window. And then it's down to how much backing that Postacoglu gets and how good his recruitment is going to be. Yeah, we were talking about it on Monday, Jing. It was that slight change he made by putting Beaton in the middle of the park with Callum McGregor. He changed that a wee bit because normally he goes full out yeah. and leaves one sitter. Yeah. I thought that made a difference. Yeah, I think I think Beaton gives you that bit more security. I think Beaton's happier sitting with the game in front of mm-hmm. him, isn't he? He protects the centre-backs mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean... I've always been a Beton fan. I mean, I know a lot of the Celtic supporters aren't having him, but you know, I think he's a proper player, and you, you'll see him playing for Israel, right? Of a, a back three, he strolls it. He can look a bit one paced at times, but yeah, I think he's a proper player. Is he hungry enough for it? Because doesn't look it, does yeah, he? Maybe no. that's the problem. He's yeah. got that languid style. Uh, but that's. I think that's the way he plays. Mm-hmm. He's very calm and possession. I think he's a really good football player. Well, you two know about good footballers being great players and everyone, very few people really criticise him. They maybe criticise him being out of position. He got sent well, off, remember, hear, Champions League qualifiers. You hear some of the teammates, I heard Callum McGregor say, I think it was last week or the week before, how good a player he is. Mm. You listen to the teammates, they see him day in, day out, they know that he, he's a good footballer. For me, look, he can slot in. He, he does that, as David just mentioned, at Israel, but deep-lying central midfield is his prime position. Right, we'll talk about the race for the title. We'll look at Rangers in a few moments. More on Celtic as well. It's a good weekend for Jota and Kyogo. For Rangers, it was Roof and Morelos. So the strikers, there's lots of chat about them, what's happening in the future. What do you think, Rangers fans, Celtic fans? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go, 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 go. Radio Football Show, it's the Wednesday evening edition. Barry Ferguson, Davy Proven, Football Royalty with us here in the Gorbals in the heart of Glasgow. Newest radio station in the country. Thanks for making the switch every night, 5 till 7, Monday to Friday. And tomorrow night, Barry, here is going to be Rob along with tomorrow night you've got the team sheet there yeah Big Oz and, and Kenny Miller great to see Kenny I actually seen him yesterday on Sky pop up so, so he must be yeah. back I don't know whether that's a break over in Australia um, but no look I, I played with Kenny for a number of years and he's probably the best lone striker that I played with we, we played a certain way at Rangers and at Scotland and he played that lone striker brilliantly his work rate was was always phenomenal 
um, ran the channels, um, and a good good player, Kenny, good goal scorer as well. So he was a he was a teammate that I always admired. Huge respect for him, isn't there, Davy? And he played for yeah. one of the few who played for Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, yeah, and that takes a lot of courage in yeah. itself. But scored some big goals as well. Uh, I remember him scoring against Germany at Hamden, um, against Italy at Hamden, against Ukraine, scored at Wembley against England. So, you know, he, he picked his goals. And, uh, you know, if you look at his numbers, they weren't all against the Farewells and Andorra. They were against proper teams. He'll be here tomorrow night, the Go Radio football shows. We build up to Scotland, but he's just, uh, yeah, just thinking some of those goals. He, yeah. When he moved to Celtic, he scored a, a goal against Rangers. Yep. We, I was playing against yep. him and he, I, I remember him running past me and, had a few choice words to say. <laughs> <laughs> Old chap. Uh, Cammy probably had a few choice words as well. A Rangers fan is on. Good evening, Cammy. Hi, guys. Good evening. Good evening. Do you remember that game that Barry's alluding to? No, no. I no. think that's... Uh, I'm, only, I'm only 17. Oh, you're only 17, Cammy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, Cammy, what are you thinking? We're going to talk Scotland in a minute, but Rangers as well. Back to the top of the table. That was some celebration at the end on Sunday wasn't it from Steven Gerrard and uh, the backroom team and the players it seemed something special yeah I think it was maybe a, a relief from Steven Gerrard because obviously Rangers going 1-0 down in the previous seasons maybe we, we would have bottled it um, even getting equalised that might have just been enough for us but same as last season when we when we went 1-0 when we down to Muddle at Ibrox we had that winning mentality and it was the same against Hibs at the weekend they were able to fight back and win the game 2-1 to stay top of the table so yeah yeah I, I said on Monday I don't, I don't mind that when managers um, interact with the, the fans it was showing a bit of emotion and as, as Cammy just said there a bit of relief as well it was mm. a big game um, obviously Hibs as I said I thought were were uh, rightly in front 1-0 up Obviously, the, the sending off does change the game. Um, and it took two moments, I thought, two great crosses for both fullbacks um, to win Rangers the game. Obviously, the, the strikers had to finish off, Ruth yep. and Morelos. Um, but it was a mixture of quite a few things. Big game, emotions, relief. And as I said, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Davy, it's a passionate game. Yeah. And then entertainment. Yeah, I'd add no... You know, I remember when he yeah. shouted into the camera at Celtic Park, I had no problem with that either. Sure. I mean, who, who would be offended by that? It's an emotional game. He's under huge pressure as Rangers manager. He's entitled to let off a bit of steam, uh, even more so after the game at the weekend. And I think he was... I think he would probably realise that he got serious lucky, seriously lucky when Ryan Portis had the rush of blood because otherwise, I'm not convinced Rangers would have won that game. We'll never know. But Hibs, to me, looked as if they were quite comfortable at that, that stage with uh, 11 men. Cammy, is that how you saw it on Sunday? Well, no, I, don't, I, th I still think Rangers would have would have came back even if Hibs had 11 men. I don't, at the time, they still had control over the game, but Rangers were always going to have moments in that football match whether Hibs had 11 men or whether they had 10. Obviously, it was fortunate that Ryan Portis did get sent off, but I still think Rangers would have came back even if Hibs had the 11. Mm-hmm. Rangers are only one you, point behind where they were this you know, time last first, season. First team in a long time that I've seen and went for it. They played like a 4 3 1 2. Scott Allen in behind Nisbet yeah. and, and Boyle. I mean, it was real attack. They, they came with intent, mm -hmm. to be fair to them. And Jack Ross spoke it up all week. You're coming to try and win the game. And fair play. Sometimes it's a different game of football when teams come to Ibrooks and Celtic Park. They sit behind the ball, 10 men, trying for a straight. But to fair play to Hibs. They had a pop at it. 
and David, you saw Scott Allen and what he brings to it. And Hibbs might be sitting saying, actually, I'm glad we didn't do that swap uh, with St Mirren. He was nearly away on, yeah. the, uh, on the taxi through to yeah, Love Street. Yeah, I mean, you, you wonder why Scott Allen, no disrespect to Hibbs, but you wonder why Scott Allen is not a regular Scotland player, mm. for instance, or in the, a regular in the Scotland squad. Um, I, you know, I think it's good for Hibbs that the Jamie McGrath move fell through. They've still got Scott Allen. It appears to have given him a, a kick up the backside, the fact that he was on his way to St. And maybe he can still, you know, fulfil his, his potential at Easter Road. But, you know, if you look at Scott Allen, West Brom, Roy Hudson brought, uh, bought Scott Allen. Um, he knows a player, doesn't well, he? he? Yeah. Well, he does. And obviously thought he could crack it in England. Yeah. And I know, I know he's had health problems uh, and we hope he's over them completely. But he's one of these players you think, you should have done better in your mm. career, son. Cammy, you're only one point behind where you were this day last year. Are you confident of winning the league? Are you worried about Hibs and Hearts, Motherwell, Celtic? I'm confident. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say I'm confident. It's just I think the performances that Rangers have been uh, have been given this season haven't been very good at all compared to last season. I felt as if last season, well, just every game you felt, oh, we could win this four 0 five 0 wouldn't concede a goal. Well. Whereas now it is like you're going one one nil down to Hibs, you're going one nil down down to St John's, and, and you're worrying uh, that, that you might not come back. But I'm confident Rangers will get their form back and they'll bounce back at some point. Any worries if Celtic sort out the defence that they've got a potent attack with Kyogo, Abada, Jota? I, I think Celtic are like you said, like the three players you've named there are very very good going forward, but. I can't see them. I, I look at Starfelt. I don't think he's very. I, I don't. I don't really rate him. I think he's got a few mistakes in him. I don't think he's very comfortable on the ball. I think it, maybe they still do need time to gel. Maybe it's too early to judge them just now. But if you're playing for Celtic and Rangers, you do need to settle in quite quickly. Davy, is Starfelt getting a bit better for you. I don't want to go into Celtic at the moment. We're going to ask something about Scotland with Cami, but I, I'm not convinced about. No, I'm, I think he look. He looks awkward. I know he's a right-footed player playing left side. But he, he he doesn't look the part for for me. Um, I don't think for a minute he was Postecoglou signing, and hopefully Ange Postecoglou will be given the budget in the January window to to get himself a proper central central defensive pairing. Julian obviously is on the way back. He's a proper footballer. His use of the ball, I think, will will add something to Celtic's backline. But there are other positions as well that um, I mean, Postecoglou's playing youngsters who aren't ready for it. Um, I've said that before and he needs two windows providing providing he, he proves that he's taken the team forward that he's got a game plan um, for, for me the idea that he can op- open up against teams like Bayer Leverkusen is a nonsense he's got to become more pragmatic Cammy, what about your own team Rangers Connor Goldson hasn't signed it well there hasn't been a new contract yet signed and you heard Derek earlier saying would you sign Ryan Porteous where do you stand on Connor Goldson who was phenomenal last season yeah, Conor Goldson was outstanding last season. I think I think it's a worry that he's not put pen to paper just yet. Maybe I'm not sure about his family situation if they're down in England or if they've moved up here. Maybe he's missing living with his family. It could be due to that. But I wouldn't want to see Conor Goldson leave the football club. But if he had to, I would sell. I would want to be selling him in the summer, not let him go on a free. Barry, it must be tough living hundreds of miles. You had to do it. Yeah, I, I don't know his family situation. Mm. If um, they're up here or not, um, I'm not too sure. But I think it's a situation that Rangers will want to get sorted 
as soon as possible as I said if it drags on it's obviously it could cause issues in terms of his form because let's be honest with you last year he was one of the best players in the country no doubt about it um, but if it if that's the case I don't think Rangers will let it go further next summer I think they'll they'll have to just cash in on him um, and try hopefully for me I think it would be ideal if he signs an extension I, I would want him to sign I, I, I know he's had an off kind of start to the season but I still think he's a very good centre back and if I'm the Rangers manager I would want to keep him First time I've seen you Barry since Stephen Gerrard's presser last Friday and he, I think he pointed the finger at the Rangers board by saying we've spent mm. nothing in the last two windows yep. if we if we hope to get to the next level we have to spend serious money were you surprised at that? because for me that's a pop at the Rangers board yeah I, I, I was if I'm being honest with you because um, looking for the outside in I think he has been backed I know he's not spent any money but I mean, bringing Lundstrom in, Sheffield United, that'll not be cheap, Dave, in terms of wages. wages. That's that's um, big money. Um, and listen, he's called them out. He's obviously wanting reinforcements. He's wanting to go and spend money, but... But why has why he done it in public? That's what I'm... Yeah, why, I find, why is he, why is he it, putting that out Yeah, there? I find it strange. I was, um, I, I was surprised at that because I do believe that he has been backed. I've always said that. Mm. I think the Rangers board have been really good in terms of allowing them to go and spend money or bring in I know they're free transfers but you've got to think of the wages they'll be in big wages Paul it's a huge squad isn't it on big it's wages as you say yeah, big squad it has been backed but there isn't the star signing over the summer and I think that's maybe that's what they're missing but it's a good question Davey I think, why, why did he choose to do this publicly I think to get the star in Paul he would have to cut his wage bill drastically uh, it's a, a bloated squad so he'd have to get four or five off the wage if he wants a star yeah if he wants a, a real star to walk in, a player who can lift the whole dressing room, he would have to get four or five out the door, get their wages, uh, you know, off that wage bill. Or you would need to sell one of the big assets. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes that, you do. He doesn't want to do that, does he? No, he do, you, you don't want to lose your your best players. Um, but that's something as a manager. Sometimes you need to juggle. Do you do you get rid of like squad players or guys who are no eighteen, mm -hmm. or do you go and let one of the big assets who spring to mind, Morelos? Ryan Kent Cammy mm. for you age 17 who are the players that you look to for Rangers who are performing for you or uh, who can do even more I really like Nathan Paston just now mm -hmm. um, Stephen Davis currently he's my favourite player in the Rangers squad I think he, for his age he's consistent week in week out and he's always been a top performer for Rangers since he's came in obviously your Morelos and players like that but the likes of Conor Golson, as we spoke about there, he I think he does need to improve. Maybe he was just so good last season that that's what we're comparing him on to, but I think he is one whose performances haven't been as good lately that they need to improve. You, you see how important it is to Rangers? I know he missed last week's game mm. um, over in Prague cause injury, but every time he's fit, he plays. He plays every single game under the manager, so that tells you what Stephen Gerrard thinks of him. He does. Can we talk Scotland, Cammy? Before you go, I know you like your Scotland as well. What are you thinking for the match with Israel? Are we going to go for it and get the three points? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Israel isn't a, isn't a team that Scotland play that often <laughs> in, in the internationals. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think um, I think Scotland could come away with three points because it's a massive game. And it's one that the squad will be looking forward to. And Nathan Patterson, I suppose that's an easy question for you. You'd probably want him in ahead of Stephen O'Donnell. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially after the game against Hibs, I thought Nathan Patterson was, was very, very good. He was probably just short of getting man of the match that game, so I would put Nathan Patterson in. Although Stephen O'Donnell's been a huge part of the revival under the manager. Do, do you know the great thing about this is it's in Scotland's hands now. Mm. You're no relying on any other teams. What they've got is these next three games against Israel, against Faroe Islands, and obviously next month against Moldova. You win the three games. That's your cemented second place. That's what you want. I'm sure Davy will agree. That's what you want as a footballer. Is that it's your team hands. top? Would your team top yeah, it's be... in, You don't need to rely on MDLs. You've got these three games in front of you. Make sure you get maximum points. Bang. You've got the playoff. Davy. Yeah, well, we left ourselves behind the eight ball when we drew with Austria. Again, he only played with one up. We drew in Israel, played with one up. Um, and the best performances have come when he's played Dykes alongside Adams. Uh, I'm absolutely certain he'll do that on Saturday and, and hopefully it'll be enough. Two up front for you, Barry. No it's question. Of course, I yeah. Can, I can't argue with yeah. Davy's just saying. I mean, the proof is in the pudding in Austria. Mm. They've done well in the Euros, they're a good team, it's a tough place to go, but you went and listened to them together, good partnership, but what you get from them is as well, they work hard for the team, both of them. Cammy, both of them up front for you. Yeah, absolutely, I would play I would play the two up, two up top, I think that's when Scotland are at their best. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's what I would go with. And on social media... If you're 17, you'll be on it today. The Ryan Jack, did you see it? What do you think about it? The muddy boots. Post, What's it telling you? The, the football boots. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's something that you know Ryan Jack's been getting quite a lot of consistent injuries. And I think now that he's been out for quite a while, it's something that they've got to the bottom of. I know he was going down to London for um, surgery, so hopefully they've got to the bottom of that now, and he can start to get a consistent run of games. Because for me, Ryan Jack should be in that in that Rangers team every single week if he's fit. And Adele. She's been publishing the 30. See, the campaign's going. We reckon it's Adele, isn't it? Almost certainly. It's all happening on social media. It's amazing how popular it is. Barry, you've not got you in social media no, yet. No, I've not. We're working on it, Davey. No who, way. Who picked up the sheet music she threw out the car? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, did you see the promo? No, did she? Yeah. Uh, oh, is, it, is this the tease today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's been kind of busy today. The, the <laughs> kilt, no, the kilt walk, it was 2.2 million going out wow. So we, yeah, wow. yesterday and today. It's phenomenal. So I didn't actually see it, but yeah, I heard about it. Social media, Cami, it's so important, isn't it? And there's some great things on it and some horrible things. Uh, and we see on the telly and Marvin Bartley, who's. It's the horrible things yeah. that put me right off. Paul. I know, but there's some good things as well. Yeah, no, yeah. 100%, some great things. Cami, scoreline then. What do you think then? I know you talked about it there, right? What's the scoreline against Israel? on Saturday evening I'll go for a 1-0 Scotland win on Saturday and your scorer uh, I'll go with London Dykes you're going for Dykes the QPR striker the Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda Toyota Ford Seat and more let's go 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 the countdown is on to Scotland against Israel five o'clock on Saturday Hamden Park how good Davy will it be to see everybody back yeah. 50,000 there Dif different game I mean it, it's, been, it's been painful watching the international team playing in front of two men and a dog um, I, I, I go back to, to a game that Barry played in Scotland Italy which is my standout game as a as a Sky Cocom and I'll never forget it, the atmosphere at Hamden that night, it was dark, you know, you've got the floodlights, the rain was pouring down, it had everything. And I think I think Saturday night will be like that. I certainly hope it will. Was that your number one game as a commentator? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh -huh. I, I don't know why, I mean, there, yeah. there was so much at stake and it was a great Italy side. 
Um, and it was just just great the way the game unfolded. I'm just a pity the way it ended, but it was a fabulous game of football. So close, Barry. And you keep yeah, so close to qualifying. Brilliant memories, yeah. just David just mentioned in there. Um, as I said, sometimes Hamden never created a, a great atmosphere, but that night or day, the atmosphere was absolute electric. And as you said, the Italians come to town, some of the, the, the best players at that time in, in the world they had. Um, and we were we were bang on it, but just obviously that foul at the end, it, it's just playing in my head to now, Alan Hutton. It's never a <laughs> foul. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> never really a foul. Wow. Um, but the atmosphere was brilliant and I hope it's similar in, um, in Saturday against Austria because it's been a long time since the boys and I'm sure the boys in the squad that'll be what they'll be talking about at lunch and dinner can't wait to get back to Hamden uh, 5 o'clock the atmosphere will be absolutely buzzing check the weather James has got uh, Sean Batty on speed dial we can check and see what it's going to be like on Saturday I remember that night really well that was November wasn't it so uh, against Italy here's where we are on the table Denmark at the top as we all know 18 points after the 6 games and then Scotland in 2nd spot 11 points after six and then Israel are opponents and then Austria so Israel on 10 Austria on seven Faroe Islands on four Moldova on one here's the assistant coach John Carver he's on duty today speaking to the media and he's talking about the games against Israel I mean we know the record they're always tight games well because they've got some good players and we've got some good players and we all know about their players in that front three uh, Solomon as a Harvey and DeBoer, if DeBoer plays. So we know what they have to offer and we know what we have to offer. And it's, you know, it's a testament to them and to us because the games have been so tight. But they've been, in my opinion, they've been quality games. We know their players so well, Davey. And you've commented yeah. on them every yeah. year now for... They, they've got one or two. They'll miss TB, who was a captain, the, the, the big lad who plays spare in the, in the back three. They'll miss him. Bitton might go to, to the centre of the three. Um, but they've, yeah, they've got some outstanding players. The little right wing back, Dasa, oh, uh, for me, uh, I'm good amazed he's not playing at a better club because mm-hmm. he's he's really he's done really well against Andy Robertson. Now Andy Robertson's a real handful, but Dasa has handled Andy Robertson as well as any wing back I've seen. Yeah, he he is one everybody's talking about Zahavi and Solomon. Mm-hmm. Look, no doubt they've stood out, but the the right wing back for Israel, um, what an engine he's got up and down. Um, whips and an unbelievable ball so they've got some real handy mm. players Israel this is not going to be easy on Saturday Davy said he could be at a better club Alloa did you have him <laughs> <laughs> what's the budget no but they have got such good players the news from them today the Israel striker Sean Wiseman he's facing a Covid sweat for Saturday that sounds like one of these stories that yeah, yeah he should be okay any other worries, Davey, from their squad just I, looking I to think see. all the big yeah. players will make it you know the Bulls are heavy um Man of Solomon, yep. I think Perez is fit. Uh, Nacho, who is the kind of holding midfield player who builds the game, he he'll piece fit as far as I'm aware. So they're, they're in good nick. But the main thing is we're in good nick as well. And Abada in the squad as well, of course. Nineteen-year-old Celtic blue. Yeah, I, I keep when I watch it, I keep forgetting that Abada is nineteen. Mm. He, he's done really well for a, a young man coming to Israel. Um, sometimes coming to a big club. Sometimes you get this rabbit and headlights type mm-hmm. thing, but he has, he's um, hes impressed me. You're both absolutely right. We've got reasons to be confident here as John Carver. In international football, there's, there's an awful lot on every game you play. All the nations are getting better, but we're going into this game on the back of having a huge amount of confidence because when you go to Austria and get the result and the performance that we got, 
then it gives you confidence. And you try not to worry about the outside things that are going on uh, with that word pressure. It's how we deal with it and how we set ourselves up to overcome that. We do have some momentum. We've got two clean sheets in a row and that'll put us in good stead. I'm pleased about the fact that we've actually sold the stadium out and it's good for me because it'll be the first time I've played at Hamden or been involved in a game at Hamden with a full crowd. But that just shows you uh, how well the lads have done and it's nice to see that the fans and the nation itself are getting right behind the team. Good northeast accent. Not, not I hope Peter he's Bur- not playing on Saturday. It's more Peter Bur- <laughs> Peterhead. I know. We'd be struggling, wouldn't we? <laughs> he won't see 60 again. Or maybe it's just uh, been a milk round. But I, I believe he's really good in the camp with Stevie Clark, yeah. who told his players he loved them. Yeah. He said it again when they got together. Um, and John Carver seems to be a real force in the backroom well, squad. I think so many Newcastle managers have kept him on, on their, their coaching staff that he, he must be good around the camp. And of course, he managed Newcastle himself as an interim manager so you know, he? yeah he, he knows his way around the training ground he's you know he's not there for, for the laughs and the jokes he's a, he's a proper coach as well and 20, 24 man squad not one call off brilliant isn't it yeah. that just shows you that the, the boys are obviously desperate because it's always a worry at the weekend before you actually meet up uh, is everybody going to uh, get through mm. their games but 24 of them have turned up ready to go for Saturday for the Go Radio listeners would you Pick your team tonight in the next hour. Okay, yep. we'll get ready with the team. Mm. And we're also going to hear from now we'll hear now from Stuart Armstrong. So he's been out with injury, has been playing at Southampton, and his manager didn't actually want him to travel to the Scotland squad, but he's here and he feels uh, fully fit. I think although my game time is um, for the past six weeks been non-existent, I think you still do a lot of fitness work behind the scenes on the pitch, sometimes yourself, and trying to build that fitness level back up to, to rejoin the team in full training because there's always that little jump between training yourself with physios and then going back into full competition that's uh, uncontrolled and, and intense so um, yeah there's that little um, gap that I'd like to bridge um, and get back to 100% full fitness and obviously that takes a little bit of time He was asked does he feel he's a surprise inclusion because of the lack of game time? Of course yeah a little bit surprised yeah really grateful as well to be involved and I think yeah of course you'd always want to come into these squads with match fitness and sharpness and obviously I'm still building my way back to fitness but um, feeling good feeling good physically and yeah ready to help the team when, when asked So his first game we mentioned at the top of the programme was against Slovenia in March 2017 David you probably commented I, on that I, I one did, and I, I remember saying during commentary it was the best Scotland debut I had seen in a long long number of years and Gordon Strachan came out with the, the same comment after the game he was so impressive I don't think he'll start this, this game I just don't see how he gets in um, we'll not name our team at the moment but Stuart yep. Armstrong's not in mine he's short of game time uh, you might see him later in the game but I, I don't see him starting here he was a Celtic player at that time then yeah. he went to Southampton yeah even if when he doesn't start he's always one player that comes off the bench um, he is one player that's obvious that Steve Clark rates highly um, no kicked a ball for six weeks you just heard them there and he's, he's in the squad so he's obviously an important member of, um, member of a player sorry for Stevie Clark. Great to have on your bench. Yep. Here's the team that he was in that you commentated on. It was Craig Gordon in goal, so he'll be in goal on Saturday. Kieran Tierney on the right, Russell Martin, Charlie Mulgrew at Dundee United now, and Andy Robertson, now the captain. Scott Brown and Morrison, Jimmy Morrison in the midfield. Yeah, yep. West Brom. James Forrest, of course, just trying to get fit. Stuart Armstrong, number six. And uh, Snodgrass, Snoddy was uh, number 10 and up front and he was on fire although he didn't score the goal it was Lee Griffiths for Scotland I was just looking at some of the reports and on the bench 
They had Alan McGregor, Chris Martin, and he scored. He came on and scored now at Bristol City. City. Yep. Uh, Chris Berra, uh, Anya, John McGinn, just looking at the ones that are still there. John McGinn still in the squad. Matt Ritchie, Darren Fletcher, Barry Bannon, Stephen Naismith, who's on the coaching staff now, Jack Hamilton, Tom Kearney and Jordan Rhodes. Quite a remarkable turnaround, isn't it, in the squad, Barry, in four years? Yeah, there is. Um, there's obviously some guys that are still there and important members of the the squad uh, for this weekend's game. Um, but there, there has been a a big turnaround. What's that? Four years, four and a half years yeah. since that game. Um, there's a lot of young ones as well broke into the the national team, and that's what you want to see, Paul. You want to see young ones break, uh, go for the 21s into the full squad. Is it a stronger squad now, Davy? Yeah, from that by, one. by by miles, it's a stronger squad, um, and I think we've we've got to thank Alec McLeish for talking Scott McTominay into to wearing our shirt ahead of the three lines. Um, good that Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams declared an allegiance as well. Dykes could have played for Australia, Adams for England, and they they make our they make our, our team much better. Looking at that that team you just named there four years ago, Paul, how many would get in the the current team? Set. Tierney and Robertson are there. Uh, Scott Brown at his best would get in. Mm-hmm. For me, Lee Griffiths at his best would get in. I think that's it. James Forrest at his best. Maybe. But it's if some butts and maybes. Barry, it's not it's, it's a better squad five, now. Five out of that yep. Slovenia game would get into the, the starting eleven. And they are Craig Gordon, Craig Gordon Tierney, Tierney, Andy Robertson, yep. Scott Brown, mm-hmm. and you know what I think of Lee Griffiths, but mm-hmm. it's been a bit pear shaped for Lee over yep. the last year or so, but Lee Griffiths on form um, and fit is a top striker. The squad we have, the goalkeepers, Craig Gordon, Liam Kelly, John McLaughlin. We talked about it on Monday. Do you feel a wee bit sorry for Xander Clark being out, Davey? Being yeah, I do. Dropped? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think he, was, he had an iffy game. Um, I can't remember who it's against um, prior to the squad being named. But Liam Kelly didn't endear himself at, at Tynecastle, did he? Uh, no. Last weekend. The squad was out by then, wasn't it? But yeah, I know. Um, yeah. But you know, you, you wonder. Um, and, and Xander Clark, I think, I mean, listen, your third choice goalkeeper's not going to play anyway. No. So I think it was a sore one to, to leave Xander Clark out. So you don't think he could have yeah. just put him in? Just to. Mm-hmm. Did he I have know to? Four, I know sure. it's four goalkeepers, but I, I don't think Big Xander deserved to have been left out. Um, see what kind of season he had last year. Cup, double. Um, big player for St Johnson so I, I think he'll be battle disappointed he wasn't named in the squad he had a phenomenal uh, season for them Grant Hanley Jack Henry Scott McKenna Stephen O'Donnell Nathan Patterson Andy Robertson the captain and Kieran Tierney and Stuart Armstrong we'll, we'll do the midfielders later in fact the news is coming up next after the news we'll give you Barry Ferguson and Davy Province team for Saturday I don't think there's too much doubt about what we'll play but where's McTominay going to be He'll be back. Yeah, let's discuss it after the news. Go Radio Football Show at six. Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK with taxi trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees. They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com Trade only. 
The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show, Wednesday evening, Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney, Davey Proven. We're just looking there on Sky, we see the new camp stadium. Barry, you played there for Rangers... Yeah, but we're just talking off air, me and David, the biggest pitch um, I've ever played on. Uh, just massive. I'm was it? David, yeah. just, is, yeah. is it? Is it legal? I'm sure it was illegal. illegal. <laughs> the size of it, it was too it big. It huge, the pitch, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was massive. Um, and you get a run around after, I think it was 13 or 14 minutes for 2 nothing down. I remember looking at, <laughs> at the, the, the scoreboard thinking... Uh-huh. If it's 77 or 76 minutes to go here. And who were you up against? Give us some of the names at that Javi time. Javi and Esther. <laughs> and do we know? Messi. <laughs> yeah, Messi, no. Just the, the way, the way they handled the ball, um, they, they were just, they were magicians. I've been being honest with you. Um, yep. And I always, everybody talks about Messi, but Xavi and Aniesta just had a, a real connection, both of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them, and when you stand beside them in the tunnel, David, you, you're looking and you're thinking, "Listen, I'll get in about him, yeah. no problem." They're only five foot six, <laughs> five foot seven, but once you go on that pitch, well, yeah. well some footballers. Yeah, David, those two, amazing, Xabi and Iniesta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I go back to to Fergie after Barcelona beat Manu Wembley in the the Champions League final. Was it 2011? Mm-hmm. And Fergie was smiling at time up. It was a hands up yeah. job. He, he he was basically saying outclassed. Um, and that that probably is the best club team I've ever seen. I've seen a few, a wonderful Ajax side, but for me that Barca side of of that era was the best of all time. See, Fergie was at the match the other day, as he would be with Man United. Loads of criticism of Solskjaer, uh, especially in the social media and some of the stations down south are all saying what's happening with Solskjaer. And Fergie allegedly was saying, "Well, start with your your strongest team, and uh, what would you do? What do you feel? You'll, you'll be raging about that." It, yeah, it got caught out. Listen, we're all getting caught out with, yeah. with camera phones and microphones. Um, nobody has any privacy now. And Fergie will be raging that he has been perceived to, to be criticising Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, one, of, one of his own players. But um, listen, uh, we're all entitled to an opinion. Uh, the only thing I would say is it's, it's much easier to give your opinion after the game. And I can see before the game the sense in leaving Ronaldo out. You know, he, he's going to have to rotate him. He's 36 years of age. Mm. He can't play every week. Looks as though he wants to manage the club as well, though, doesn't it, Barry? It's difficult for Solskjaer. He's handling so many big egos in that dressing room. Yeah, it's a problem when you're at a massive club. You've got massive players on massive money and big egos. Um, but they're, they're talking about getting sacked. He's only two points off Chelsea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about... Um, well, the media are talking about sacking him. Yeah. Listen, it's only seven games in, two points away for Chelsea. Far too early to be talking about getting sacked. Ten million a year. It's not worth it, is it, Davey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean football management the money is just crazy so talking about crazy money the you know what happened at Rangers over the past what 10 years now isn't it Barry the latest thing in the wires is so uh, a judge has ruled today and has said Rangers administrators rely too heavily on Ali's opinion Ali McCoy's opinion after the club collapse David Whitehouse and Paul Clark have been ordered to pay out 3.4 million after a court today ruled they mishandled parts of the administration process Rangers administrators at the time, the judge said, they relied too heavily on the opinion of Valley McCoyst after the club collapsed, a judge ruled today. Judge Lord Tyre found administrators David Whitehouse and Paul Clark operated below 
ordinarily competent standards as he ordered them to pay that money in damages. The cash will be paid to BDO, the club's liquidators, who had been seeking £47 million after alleging the administration process was botched. It's uh, 125 pages. I'll spare you all of that. But they're basically saying that they should have uh, put up for sale Murray Park, for example, Ibrook Stadium itself, to refund the creditors. So it's uh, in the midst of time. This one is... It'll go on and mm. on. Rangers fans at the time, absolutely heartbroken what happened. And for Ali, as a former player and manager of the club, my recollection was he was going to left to hold the club at the time, remember? Yeah, I feel it's a bit unfair on, on Coiste about bringing, bringing him into it. Um, I, I'm sure he'll be, he'll have his own say on it. Um, but I, I don't think there's any need, Paul, if I'm being honest with you. Davey, there's been compensation flying about here, there and everywhere yeah. uh, following what happened to Rangers. It's hard to follow. I'm not sure that people know, you know, the, when it's 125 pages, yeah. it's difficult to get into it. Any thoughts? The, on... Yeah, the, the, the big surprise for me, Paul, and I'm certainly no insolvency expert, uh, was that Rangers were bought out of, of liquidation. I think it was for, was it five or six million pounds? Mm-hmm. You know, they had a so, squad yep. of players, Murray Park and Ibrook Stadium, has to be worth more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that was that was the thing that astonished me at the time that, that they were they were bought for such a, a low number. Other things coming up today. Should Celtic give Rangers fans tickets for the New Year game? Because there's going to be opposition fans allowed back in the grounds. Uh it didn't happen at the game at Ibrox. Should it happen at Celtic Park? Davey, have you got a view on that? I know in general, I think we all feel opposition fans should be in the grounds. Don't know if it'll be yeah, too soon and, for... And the, the other thing I would say, Paul, you know, we're all doing cartwheels that hearts are going to be allowed a thousand fans into Ibrox. Why, why not more than a thousand fans? I don't think a thousand fans... That's that's just a token gesture. The SPFL have to flex a bit of muscle here with the old firm and allow more away supporters into these games. I mean, I, I think Hibs' allocation for Ibrox at the weekend would have been something like 3,000. Um, and they'd have sold these tickets, no problem. And yeah. so will hearts, and it adds to the spectacle. So the, the SPFL, I think, have to, to take on the old firm here and demand that they, they allocate more seats to away supporters. Barry, you've said many times on here, uh, you want to see the fans there. In terms opposition. of the old firm games, yeah. you want to see... Yeah. At Ibrox, if I was a Rangers player, I wanted to walk out the tunnel and look at the left-hand side and see 8,500 Celtic fans and vice versa at Celtic Park when I walk out and you've got 50-odd thousand Celtic fans and you've got 8,000 fans in the corner. That's what makes it... Used to be yep. half and half, Barry, and when I played, it was half and half. It was amazing. Was it? Yeah, half and half. Well, you yeah. get that in the Scottish Cup. The Scottish yeah. Cup final I played yeah. at uh, Hamden in the old firm games. It was split, obviously, right down the middle, twenty five thousand each. Um, but I know they're not going to get back to what David was saying back when David played. But they need to get back to what it was before, allowing eight or eight and a half thousand um, away supporters in. Have you got your Scotland teams ready? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay, we'll get it in a minute or two. Back to the old firm and uh, club football. We're going to get it from you. There's only three sleeps to go before Scotland against Israel. It's funny, it takes time to build up again, but that's going to be all the chat. Looking at the papers, looking online, people now beginning to think about Saturday evening. And club football itself, Kyogo has set a target of a minimum 20 league goals for Celtic this season. Do you think he'll score them? And is that a good thing, do you think, Barry Ferguson? to set that target yeah listen he's, he's obviously got personal targets um, the way that he start, his Celtic career started off Paul mm. he, he's going to hit it there's no doubt about it I thought his goal at the weekend against Hibs uh, sorry against Aberdeen it was a great ball for, for Turnbull um, I think Bates has got to do better but listen 
Is that a split, de- uh, yeah. split second decision to make? And he just guides it into the, the bottom corner with his chest. I thought it was a great finish. Davey, 20 goals. Are you happy with that to say there's a target, yeah, go for if, it? If you're a Celtic yeah. striker, Paul, you should be getting 20 goals every season. And I, I don't want to, to sound nostalgic here, mm. but I remember Charlie Nicholas scoring 53 goals in the season. Mm. Um, Frank McGarvey would always be really disappointed if he didn't get 25. George McCluskey would be the same. Um, 20 goals a season was almost a given for a, a Celtic striker when I played how good was Charlie Nicholas I, I mean I remember he was, the best, he, was... he was the best young player in Europe for a couple of seasons we, we played Ajax and I remember they had uh, Van Basten on the bench who was a similar age to Charlie and we would not swap Charlie for Van Basten at that time and at that time Inter Milan were watching Charlie Man United Arsenal uh, Liverpool um, and he, he was he was just the very, very best. He, he went to the wrong club and he will tell you that himself. Um, was it the bright lights he wanted of London, well, that, Arsenal? That's, that's, that's Charlie, you know, yeah. that's, Charlie liked a good time. Um, Champagne Charlie was the nickname <laughs> yeah. and, and he lived up to it. Um, listen, he's got no regrets, but it was a privilege to play in the same team as Charlie Nick for a couple of seasons. Wait, he was sensational. Was there other clubs in for him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, continually. Um, well, Man U, Liverpool and Arsenal fought it out eventually, but Inter Milan sent scouts over. There was a documentary made on the Inter Milan mm-hmm. scout coming in, and which was unusual at the time for an Italian club to come over to watch a young Scottish player. Mm-hmm. And then he made his debut against Switzerland, scored in his debut at Hamden, an unbelievable yeah. goal there. And it was just... Um, he was what a player he, he was. Ian St John was our co-commentator that night. I remember it was sensational. Yeah, he had Man United... Arsenal and Liverpool in for him. All three were chasing him. I remember the night. Then he phoned because he was with Scotland. I remember, and he phoned. Yeah, that's right. And I thought he said it's Charles here. And I was like, I thought it was somebody. He said, "Paul, I'll give you one." It's me. Quick, do you want an interview? And he said, "It's Arsenal." And we didn't think it was going to be Arsenal. I think everyone thought he'd go to what Man U or Liverpool. Liverpool were number one at that time. Amazing, best striker you played with, Barry. Who would you say? I know, I'm just throwing this one at you. I know, I'm throwing it at you. We're getting our money's worth. Uh, You've got the Scotland team. No, have a think about it because we'll do it in a wee while because I do want to talk Scotland. People love the feedback we get. They love to hear, yep. Up until he he got his bad injury, for six months, Michael Moles was unplayable. The Dutchman. Yep, he he got injured uh, against Bayern Munich away from home in the Champions League. Mm. I'd just love to have seen him. He would have moved for Rangers that summer. Six months later, he was he was phenomenal. Didn't know anything about him. Rangers signed him for five million from Utrecht, and he, he came in and ability-wise, wow, frightening player. What a signing! You remember him well, Davy? Yeah, of course. Him. Yeah, yeah. Was that, I think it was a crucial. Was it? He was jumped it over, over the goalkeeper. Um, what's the goalkeeper again? Which from one? Bayern Munich. From where? From Bayern. Oliver Can. Oliver Can jumped. Yeah. Oh, the, the ball was down the right hand side. Outside the box, Oliver Cairns running out and he slid. Michael Moses jumped over him and landed on his done a side he can and his knees obviously wobbled and he's he snapped his cruciate. Great player. And I see a great player in town this weekend or the following weekend is Brian Loudrup. And there's going to be a night, I think, raising money for charity as well. Chris Boyd involved there in his charity. But Brian Got to get Loudrup, into that, surely. Oh, wait, you think he will be? Yeah, he will be north <laughs> of the border. And Joe will be here following his interview with uh, Charles Green. I see Charles Green said he went to, uh, saw Stephen Gerrard's wife in a hotel in London, said, there's my card, and he wanted him for Rangers mm. before he went to LA Galaxy. So, according to Charles Green, he could have been a Rangers player. 
you could have been playing alongside him uh, yeah I, I don't know I don't believe Charles Green if I'm going to be honest with <laughs> you. six and a half million mind you isn't he from the, the public purse yeah. six and a half million I know what, what year was that uh, did you say he said well 2013 something like that wouldn't it be yeah yep so could have happened right have you thought of your Scotland team what do you reckon I'd, I'd be surprised yeah. if if there's any differences between us I don't think so who wants to go first I think first? we've got the exact right. same team there right. you go okay, we have, and we haven't checked it here so this is the lineup. Barry go with your team give us a full goalkeeper Craig Gordon yep back three McTominay Henry Tierney yep two wing backs I'm giving you my team what yep. I would play mm-hmm. would be Nathan Patterson Andy Robertson mm-hmm. midfield three of Billy Gilmore John McGinn and Callum McGregor mm-hmm. up top Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams Right, Davy Proven, controversial. Is there going to be any disagreement? I've got Alan Ruff and <laughs> <laughs> Jim. No, exactly, exact same team. Yeah, exact same team. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? It's just about picks itself. It right does, right back. I, I think it right does. back's a big call, is, I suppose. Yeah. Is that well? It's a tough one for Stephen O'Donnell. It's tough on him. Listen, I think Davy said at the, the top Which, of the program, he has never let Scotland down. Let's be honest, and like, even over the Austria, mm-hmm. he's really good. Um, and that's the one that I think that uh, Stevie Clark will be having a chat with his staff and that'll be the only position that he'll be unsure on when, when sorry to change the subject here Barry but Aaron Hickey yeah um, scored the second goal in Serie A against Lazio last weekend yep he's the same age as Nathan Patterson mm-hmm. he was picked for the under 21s I think there's a case for missing out the under 21s I think if you're playing regularly in Serie A I don't know what under 21 football is going to do for you mm. I really don't Barry yeah I mean I had played a number of under 21 games but I was 19 and I went straight to the I was into the full squad um, and I thought I got more benefit but I think you should fast track yep if, if, uh, if you're good enough Davey, you know? yeah if you're good enough you're playing at a high level which Hickey is he's playing in Serie A yeah. against <laughs> top teams if he's good enough You've got to be um, put straight in for me. It's the Radicano effect, isn't it? Oh, you just it's, look yeah, at yeah. The, you just look at the young players that are in there. You, you've got obviously um, Nathan Patterson, Billy Gilmore, mm-hmm. Lewis. Lewis a bit older. He's twenty one, um, but look, I, I think if they are, it doesn't he? Ages shouldn't come into the equation for me. It shouldn't, especially he's, you make a great point. He's playing in Serie A. I saw that his second uh, yeah. goal at the weekend. What are we waiting for? Um, See, I, that's what I don't like. I mean, he, he was at Hearts, and yep. you're seeing young players go out. Surely Rangers and, and Celtic are looking at young guys. I mean, I don't know what the price was he went over there for, but it wasn't I mean, a lot. It wasn't a lot of money. Less than two, I think it was about one and a half, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. I think Celtic, I mean, he was in Celtic's youth academy at one time, mm-hmm. and they let him go. Um, and Celtic, I think, were interested when Hearts were prepared to sell him. But listen, good, good on the, the, you know, the kids have. You know, he's brave enough to go and take on a, a different country, a different culture, a different language, and he'll come back a better person, a better player for that. So yeah, both, it shows yeah. you what type of character is as well. Yeah, for in sure. a way, can you imagine that? Over, yeah. I wouldn't imagine he, he knows Italian, so he would have to learn a new language. He's getting into a, I mean, a tough, tough league. Um, and fair play to him. I, I take my hat off to boys that go and do that. How was the language going down to Blackburn Rovers? <laughs> the Lancastrian. <laughs> Birmingham was worse. Boys. From Lanarkshire to Lancaster. Birmingham was worse. Oh, was it? Yeah. 
Right, I won't do my Birmingham accent, so Leo, and it was beer and bay. Let's move on. <laughs> on your bike, that was Tom Ross. <laughs> exactly. The oh, I worked with Tom. He was the voice of. Did you get to know Tom? Yeah, brilliant guy. Oh, some used to um, after games, he would interview you straight away. Uh, uh, brilliant guy. He's still there. Is yep. he still doing it? Ah, he's still there. Yeah, I get the occasional message from Tom Ross. Yeah, the blues and that. He was real blues. Oh, he didn't like the Villa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he loved Birmingham. Oh, he loved oh, it. Oh, he did indeed. So he loved when you didn't have a good result. Yep. He'd, he'd a wee growl at you. No, he loved wedding. <laughs> he loved wedding cake. I seem to recall as well. <laughs> Tom Ross, you're being like mentioned yourself. here in Go Radio <laughs> in Glasgow. So there, there, no controversy. Both uh, legends have come out with the exact same team. Scott McTominay, what a month for him back playing again. And Davy, what's uh, what's he going to bring back into the squad? He gives you a terrific ball out from the back. Um, a bit like Jack Henry. Uh, I would say, if anything, Scott McTominay's got the edge mm. of the two, but we've now got three centre-backs who can can bring the ball out and, and find a teammate. And, and I think that's what we need at times, a bit of composure on the ball uh, when you're under pressure. The, these players give us it. And you've also, got, you've also got proper pace now in a back three because Jack Henry is very, very quick. Kieran Tierney is lightning. So you, you've got a good insurance with the pace of, of both of them. Yeah, that's a good story as well. Jack Henry, just over a year ago, couldn't uh, wasn't kicking a ball for Celtic. Took the opportunity to go to Belgium, and look at him now. Yep. He's playing against PSG, three of the probably the best players <laughs> in the world. And then I watched actually the highlights of the Leipzig game. Again, he was a standout. Hey, was he? Was he? Yeah. Standout. They won two one. Isn't it when Celtic collapsed and in that year people like Jack Henry allowed yeah. to go? And even just months ago, Davy, why didn't the Maybe it was too late because of the option and all the rest, but was he, I, I, yeah. I don't know. I remember Neil McCann uh, telling me, uh, Paul, I spoke to Neil McCann. Neil was uh, Jack Henry's manager at Dundee. Brendan Rogers buys Jack Henry, and Neil McCann said to me, he is going to be a top, top player. And nearly is, nearly is not the type to throw compliments about too often, but he said, he is going to be a top player, Jack Henry. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's had to take a pretty circuitous route to do it, but he's, he's there now. Barry's talking about him playing against the best in the world and holding his own and it's a great story it's a boy who went to Australia talking about leaving your own country went to Australia did his cruciate um, went to different places and now he's you know he's at the very top of his game at a a real good level I'm I'm so glad for him fair fair play to him that's brilliant that that shows me that he's got a a desire to go and make it to the top I forgot he went to Australia forgot about that totally out the game for seven or eight months with a cruciate comes back doesn't get a look in at Celtic, goes over to Belgium. A lot of people are like, who's that? He's going to plays at a decent level and gets a, a great move to a Champions League team in Bruges. It's Go Radio Football Show, Wednesday night. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel. The build-up is on. Do we still have the bunting from the Euros? We can get it back up here in the studio. I'll check with the executive producer who will check to see. It was great in the summer, wasn't it, Barry? And it seems a long time ago now as darkness falls yeah, in the great, the dear green place. 26 minutes the, past six. The, yeah. the show finishes, driving home in the dark. Winter's coming. Certainly is. But we'll be here right throughout the winter getting ready for the World Cup qualifiers. Can we do it? Let, let's ask now, are we going to be going to the playoffs for the World Cup? Davy Proven, Barry Ferguson both played for Scotland. Davy, do you think we're going to do it? Yeah, I do. Yep. Uh, I do. I think the Austria result was, was huge. And as Barry said, it brought it back into our own hands. It 
Saturday night is, is a huge game. I think Scotland can win it and will win it. And then it's the Faroes Moldova and yeah, we should be okay. And your team lineup, you got it there in team front line of you, just up, give Craig, us all. Craig Gordon, yep. back three, Scott McTominay, Jack Henry, Kean Tierney, uh, two wing backs, Nathan Patterson for me, Andy Robertson, the three central players, Callum McGregor, Billy Gilmer, John McGinn, Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes up. Regan, do you approve of Barry and Davies' team? Good evening, Regan. If I am doing okay, yeah, I, I would go with the same team as Barry and Davies. Uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday night. It's going to be a big game for, for Scotland. Um, and the, the, the point I had tonight, uh, guys, is right, we've got some big games uh, over the course of the next few weeks in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangers against Hearts, Celtic against Motherwell, Celtic against uh, Hearts as well. And a few of the top six when they get each other, they're not going to be on TV. I think that's, I think that's wrong for Scottish football because if you look at, uh, if you look at the, 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 the Premier League down they've got all the big games on. Mm. And I don't know if it's good for the, the broadcast of the games. That's a, good, that's a good point. So the, the biggest games, I mean, people got used to it during lockdown the games were on Barry and loads of people were getting their club TV and watching every single game so yeah just Regan just what you just mentioned there are so many games that are going to be on that that disappoints me that they're not going to be live Um, because they're good games Mm -hmm. Regan says top six teams playing against each other that's the games that you want to be watching so that yeah Yeah. disappoints me that they're not on Regan for what from what I heard, Paul, is Sky are going to show some men against Rangers, but that's, that's not until, until, until I'm, 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 I'm the time. So, so when the Celtic play, uh, when Celtic play in Motherwell and the next picture, and Rangers play Hearts, and then all of the big top six teams play, none of those games will be on TV. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just, it's just very disappointing. They've only got so many games, Davey. Well, I, I think under yeah. the con, I might be wrong here, yeah. um, but certainly under previous contracts, Sky were only allowed to go to Ibrox and Celtic Park so many times. Yeah. Um, and and they, yeah. they, 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 they try and hold some of the big games back because they're looking at the running sure. yep. and and probably thinking we, we don't want to use up mm-hmm. games now that, that could be vital in the running. So it, it's hard to project you know, what the vital games are going to be going forward. And I think... I think Regan's right. I mean, there are just so many big games in England because there are so many big clubs. Mm. Up here, there, there are two clubs. And, you know, I, certainly previously, uh, Celtic Rangers didn't like the Sky Cameras at Ibrox or Celtic Park mm. too often. But the world's changing, Barry, isn't it? And uh, we've talked about it in the programme. It needs a, a, a better business brain than mine to say, look, what, how are we going to market the game and how do we yeah, sell it? showcase yes. Our game up yeah. here. Look at Hearts had seventeen thousand at the weekend. That's a decent crowd, isn't it? A decent crowd. Tynecastle's a brilliant stadium, yeah, yeah. especially when it's got seventeen thousand jam packed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was a good game on Sunday. But look, it wasn't great in terms of football, but two one Celtic going up there, having to get a victory. Obviously, Aberdeen yeah. struggling as well to get a win. Um, so I don't think we we showcase our, our game up here enough. Mm-hmm. But David just makes a good point. He's been this guy. There's a way they operate it, and they've got to allow 
certain teams to get certain games out, I guess. Yep. So everybody's got to get a, a part to play in it. And good on Sky, Regan, as you know, they raised the bar for everybody in television. I mean, they absolutely, they just changed it. The coverage was so much better and there was a lot of money going into Scottish football. Not as much as we would like now and we've fallen way behind England, but so has every country. But uh, Regan, what about Scotland? Can we ask you, you'll be there on Saturday? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, I put, I put, I put these fans spoke about it before, before I think it's the only day tough game. But I think in terms of that, I mean, I think Scotland, I think we've, we've got 52,000 fans there yeah. and we're going to hopefully be on the front foot. I just want to ask Barry, see in terms of like, the, the midfield battle, I think that could be where Scotland could win the game because they've got so many good players such as uh, McGregor and John McGinn. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that could be a key battle. Yep, Regan, I just think there's a really good mix in the midfield three that I just mentioned there. Obviously, Billy Gilmer, a wonderful footballer. So is Callum McGregor. Then you've got the running power of John McGinn. I just like the three of them. Um, I think they work really well together. And I, I, if I'm being honest with you, I think that's the strongest three uh, for Steve Clark to pick. Davy, midfield battle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just love the idea that McGinn is back and he's fully fit. Mm. Um, he, he, for me, I, I know that Andy Robertson's a Champions League winner and Kieran Tierney's playing for Arsenal, but for me, John McGinn's the most important player in our team. Mm. Uh, he, he just does extraordinary things in, in midfield. And I think I think Steve Clark will let him off the leash, you know, and allow him to go beyond the striker at the weekend. And he can be unplayable when he's at the top of his game. That, that's when he's at his best. See when he's allowed to go and get in people's faces and get up and support the front too. Let John McGinn go and, and do his bit and let Callum McGregor and Bill, Billy Gilmer go and dictate the, the game. Look, John McGinn can play holding mm. midfielder. I've seen it with Aston Villa a few times, but his best position when he's just let go and go and run and get in, as I say, people's faces, make it uncomfy for them. Um and listen, he's got goals in him as well, John McGinn. Here's John Carver oh, speaking. Yep, I'll come to you a second, Regan. Here's John Carver speaking about the players and saying they're desperate to play. Look at the squad, nobody's pulled out. Well, I think we got a taste of it, didn't we, in the summer? I think everybody got a taste of it. Obviously, there was guys who were left out and they were extremely disappointed. Uh, so I think everybody wants to be part of it. But let's not forget, I've almost been here a year now. When I got here, the manager kept talking about how players want to come and play for Scotland now. And I think people on the outside say that. I think the fans say that. But the players are desperate to be here because there's such a good spirit around the place. They can see that they can go somewhere. They can get the momentum. And, and, and they've had a taste of that Euros. Now they want another taste of it. And, and I think that's why we've got everybody here. How important is that, Barry, to you? Everyone wanting to play, everyone being... There's a real camaraderie. Well, it just shows you what type of atmosphere Steve Clark's created in, in the group of players, that everybody wants to turn up. As you've seen previous, um, there was four, five, sometimes six call-offs. Um, and now you look at this squad, not one single call-off. So that shows you that they, they enjoy going, because Dave will tell you when you're away for 10 days... It's hard, Paul, and especially in these these uh, this day and age with COVID as well. I'd imagine that the boys are stuck to a certain quarter of the hotel where they can't shift about or go anywhere. Um, so it must be tough for them. But that's when you've got to create um, a good environment, and that's what I think Steve Clark's done. It, it, it wasn't unusual in my time for players to be told 
in the dressing room after the game on a Saturday, you're not going away with the national team, even when they were fit. Really? Yeah. The, the, the yeah. clubs, the clubs, you know, if they didn't think the game was important enough and they thought the players should be better resting. Mm. Um, that was before the five-day rule, of course. But, um, you know, it wasn't unusual for players to to call off and it was actually their, their club manager that was stopping them playing. Barry, did that ever happen to you or in your no, dressing room? No, I always get the choice. Yeah. Um, so, sometimes in friendly games, the, the manager would, would go and talk to the national manager and say, listen, because it's a friendly game, could we give him a bit of a rest? But in terms of like, if it was important qualifying games, um, the manager was always more than happy for you to go. Um, you just always got that warning, come back fit. Come back fit. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. yeah. Regan? I just wanted to ask Barry Dave a question in terms of see in terms of this game on Saturday, right? It's only an, it's only a three points, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you uh, strip away the, the magnitude of the game? Because obviously the pressure could get to the players because they, they understand that everybody wants to win this game. But obviously it's just another three points, Barry. I don't think you can hide away from the fact that it is a, a massive game. Um, and it puts us right in the driving seat, Regan. So that's what I think Stevie Clark will be um, putting across to the players. But you look at that that group of players. I mean, there's Champions League winners. There's Kieran Tierney playing at top levels. There's Billy Gilmer's, Callum McGregor's, McTominay's. There's, there's so many big, uh, big characters and players that play at clubs that are under pressure every single game to win games of football. So, look, I think he'll, he'll make it. He'll put it across to them. We have got to win on Saturday. Could the pressure get to us? I'd be surprised I mean this is a Scotland team that when it was all on the line in Belgrade um, came through so I, I don't think we should be questioning their bottle I think I think they've got the bottle what they've got to do is find a good performance I mean I, I think if Scotland find a, a, a good performance there's every chance they'll beat Israel Yeah you just look through the squad look at the places that these boys are, are playing football Of course it's the, phenomenal turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 every club, I mean, I mean, you just look yep. at the captain, he's under pressure to win every single week. Yeah. Kieran Tierney at Arsenal, I know they're not having, well, they've picked up yeah. lately, but he's under but pressure to play. You've got Nathan yeah. Patterson and Callum McGregor mm-hmm. at both the old firm mm-hmm. under pressure to win every single game. So there's, And McTominay at Man United, I mean, I can go on on and on there's, there's guys Ryan, there Ryan Christie at Bournemouth <laughs> sorry that was yeah <laughs> sorry I was just trying to reignite I'm, I'm just causing trouble there right but you've got guys that are under pressure yeah. every yeah. single week to win games of football yeah. and I don't think it'll affect this group of players I was only being slightly cheeky there Ryan Christie's well, a ter- terrific footballer did you see Bournemouth at top of the league yep absolutely and listen <laughs> they could well be on the way back to the Premier uh, League it itself in which case Davey you'll be uh, will you apologise exactly <laughs> <laughs> will you move it's a long way to go will you leave the country listen I, ho- I hope Bournemouth I, I really do hope Bournemouth do get promoted yeah. because Ryan Christie yeah. uh, you know if he's going to be in England he should be in the Premier League not in the Championship no. it was a compliment did, to the guy no, David did make that clear <laughs> when we spoke about it yep. right Ryan Christie is good enough to play in the English Premiership for sure I'm not saying playing top six or whatever mm-hmm. but for me he's got the he's got the ability to play in the Premier League mm-hmm. Regan scoreline then what do you think I know we were chatting earlier what do, what do you reckon I'm going to go 2-0 Scotland Paul I think <laughs> if we get off the, if we get off to a good start I think we could uh, I think the crowd could really help us as well um, yeah. I'm just going to say Barry as well because in terms of our big games 
does the crowd help or does that does that hinder us? Does it depend on uh, what the score is? But I think it could be a big help for us. Yeah, it always helped. Listen, we mentioned earlier on, Regan, about the, the Atlee game. I don't know if you remember that, when they scored in the last minute. Um, yeah, I remember, we were under, I remember we, that. I mean, it was absolute rocking as a footballer. That's what you want. Mm. You want to go out. I mean, I remember going out for a warm-up and you always go out 40 minutes before and sometimes you went out and it was half full or even just a, a quarter full. There was no really much atmosphere. I remember going out for a warm-up and it was virtually full and the fans were singing. As a player, that's, a, that's what you want. And I'm sure that's that's the way. I, I'm sure the fans will be in early doors. And when they go out for their warm up at twenty past four, I'm sure it'll be full. Can we put that to Davy as well? Are you not speaking to Davy Regan because <laughs> he had to go at Ryan Christie? I'm with you, Regan. Yeah, I'm only kidding, Davy. The special occasion, the yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. I made my debut against my Scotland, my first start against Israel, um, World Cup tie. Yeah. And I, I remember that. I remember the crowd and the energy it gave me that night. Um, big big crowds in those days and. You know, it helped Scotland. You know, there were occasions where the team wasn't playing particularly well and the crowd carried them. And that may be the case at the, you know, the weekend, at Saturday, it's a tricky game and Scotland will need the crowd. It's key that you start on the front foot, isn't it, Davy? See if you got off to a good start the first few minutes, you get the ball in there half, um, have an attempt on goal, first yeah. tackle, you win, yep. and then the crowd start going wild and that just kicks you on. Let's hope you're going well. 2-0. Like the sound of the scoreline. We're with you on that one. Regan, thanks very much. We'll maybe speak to you from Hamden, Saturday. Okay, cheers, Paul. Cheers, Barry. Cheers, Cheers, Regan. Cheers, Regan. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go, go, go. So the headlines today, the joint response update, it means away fans should be back in. Just under a thousand Hearts fans will be at Ibrox a week on Saturday. Celtic will be playing at Motherwell on that day as well. The countdown is on to Scotland against Israel. Five o'clock, Hamden on Saturdays. Like the, it's like a World Cup final for us, isn't it? And if we win this one, surely we're on the way to the playoffs. There's always hurdles these days, but we could be on our way to Qatar. Where I see today they were talking about more COVID restrictions and uh, but this is for next year but they're mm. saying they're going to be very stretched on it, strict on it let's hope we're there but October the, the, the players won't be allowed into the country unless they're unless they're vaccinated Paul and that, that's going to be a problem because a lot of the players are saying we're not getting vaccinated and Gareth Southgate I think has five yep. although they're not naming them nope. who are refusing to get vaccinated so that's that's a problem coming down the road we're still for it though, aren't we? We Our message is please get yeah. vaccinated. Well, listen, I, the thing that I do, I, I listen to the experts yep. and they advise you to be double vaccinated. Mm. So I'm not going to, I'm no, I'm no sort of medical expert. I'm going to go with what they say is best. And um, I've been dub, double vaccinated. Yep. I say to my players, we're only waiting on a couple now um, just to get their second one. Um, and that'll be the, the full squad. Um, but I see, I think the Scotland squad, most of them are are double vaccinated I hope both. so yep Indeed. I think most of them are yep yeah. the thing is you can't ask if people have been if they're employees or whatever but let's hope they are because you're looking after not just yourself but other people mm. it's a pandemic there's a clue in the name pandemic it's, a, it's been everywhere let's get double vaccinated and let's move on other headline tonight uh, Hibs their appeal to the Ryan Portis red card has been rejected remember this is what Stephen Gerrard said about it afterwards well look there's a couple of things on this I, I know one or two things about bad tackles because I've made a few myself so I'm not in a gla glass house here um, it's a wild tackle 
It's a leg-breaking tackle if he catches him. The kid only has to play the ball. I don't know why there's any reason why he wants to go in with that intent. And it's the second time he's done it against us because he'd done it against uh, Lasana Kulabai not so long ago. So the kid obviously is not learning. And um, he's let his manager and his teammates down today, but that's obviously Jack's business. There's no defending a tackle like that because the speed of it, the height of it, and the force, you know, it doesn't belong on a football pitch. You know, I've, I've had to learn over the years myself as a player to, to learn from them types of moments of madness. So hopefully the kid learns. Say what you think, Stephen. And he did. He was really... Yeah. Forthright. I think I think it's spot on. I remember a perfect Stephen Gerrard tackling Gary Naismith in a Merseyside derby. And and that was a rush of blood that day. Um but Stephen Gerrard learned and you've got to hope that Ryan Portis eventually the penny will drop that he's not going to be a top top player at a top club unless he knocks this out of his game. Yeah, look, as footballers we've all been in that that position. I've done it myself. I've had a couple of reckless sending offs, Paul. Um Stupid tackles, red mist. But what David just says is you've got to learn quickly or it sticks with you. Um, and that's the worry for Ryan Portis. Um, so he needs to get that out of his game. And I, I, I couldn't believe that Hibs were, um, were appealing the decision. For sure, yeah. I think it takes away from genuine cases when it's tough for referees and you look at it and you think, well, is that a red? But everyone, I think any neutral person said, come on. It's a, it's a red card. Uh, Stephen Jarrod spoke about the squad depth as Rangers went back to the top of the table. Yeah, listen, Kem ran really hard for us for 70 minutes in midweek and uh, we're not going to get all the decisions right, but they need to trust us in terms of the 11 in the group. We, we have to make changes to keep that freshness and that energy because today we wanted to play on the front foot and be aggressive and press. You can't pick the same players that have ran hard in midweek to do, this, to do that job for you. It's not fair. So, you know, Glenn and Joe come off today because they're probably the ones that are looking a little bit jaded because they've played too much and too many minutes. So the players need to trust us. And um, I thought we were rewarded by the changes we made because the subs brought energy, they brought quality and they helped us get over the line in the end. You said Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo looked a wee bit jaded. Barry, would you agree with that? Yeah, they, yep. they did. Glenn Kamara and Aribo are probably too players that are full of energy they, they looked if that was missing on Sunday that could be because obviously they were involved in, in Thursday night that's why you've got a big squad Paul sometimes players um, suffer for midweek games you make changes you rest people up that's why you build a, a strong squad a competitive squad and that's what you've done is, is it mental tiredness Barry or is yeah, it physical more, tiredness it was more mental Davey the three, three games in yeah, eight days yep yeah. and obviously with the, the pressures that come with it as well you're under pressure to, to win games. Um, look, tiredness does come into it, but I think once you get out there and you get involved in the game, that kind of quickly mm. disappears. Pressure last night, uh, well, the Celtic manager, after the win at the weekend, it took quite a bit of pressure off him in the narrative of what's happened at Celtic all that time. Hadn't won away from home in the Premier since League February. since February. This was uh, his reaction to the 2-1 win at Pataudry. It wasn't smooth, but it, it's hard. We're meeting a team that's desperate for points. They're going to throw things at you. you know, it's a physical game. You know, it's all nice and well to say we, we probably could have played better, maybe control the game a bit more. But you know, you kind of know, even for our own situation, that irrespective of how I feel, the players are feeling the pressure of getting our results, especially away from home. So. You've got to factor all these into it and, and ultimately they found a way to, to, to get through and, and you know we scored a really good goal which is the stuff we want to play so I'm pleased. Barry, a fair assessment there from Ange Postacoglu? Yeah, listen, I've been involved in games like that when you've not played particularly mm -hmm. well um, and you come in after the game and you think to yourself that wasn't a great performance but you know what, what's the most important thing? Winning the game, three points. See a week down the line, 
people forget about the performance they'll just look at the game and look at the result pluses Davy. did they win ugly up there yeah yeah no, they might have to do that throughout the season it's not a beauty contest it's um, it's it's about the points and it, it was certainly about the points of the weekend because as I said earlier if Celtic had lost they would have been on his case um, and he's inherited a, a terrible situation he came in late he's He's putting together a squad. A lot, of, a lot of the players are not have not been identified by Postecoglou, uh, and hopefully he can stay in touch with Rangers long enough that he can put his, his his own mark on the team in the January window, and hopefully the window after that. The break, a good thing for him. Well, he was asked about it, and there's the obvious worry about injuries. Well, it depends, mate. The last break wasn't really kind to me, so um, you know I've said to the players, anyone gets injured on international duty, they bother coming back because there's no doubt that. Yeah, you know, the disruptions we've had, particularly with injuries, has, has made it really difficult for us to, to get momentum. You know, fingers crossed we get through this international window well. We can do some work. Players who are out, either injured or need some work um, physically, uh, we can use the next sort of two weeks and, and hopefully, yes, set a platform to, to go on a bit of a run. Davey? He knows how it works. He's been an international manager himself. So, you know, he, he's now poacher turned gamekeeper. He's, he's reluctantly releasing his players to go and play for their country knowing there's, there's half a chance they could come back injured and uh, I suppose if I suppose you might feel he's, he's, due a, he's due a break in terms of luck that they come back with a clean bill of health You can cope with some injuries but what you can't cope with when they're your most important players and Postacoglu's most important two players are clearly Callum McGregor and Kyogo so he'll be He'll be um, hoping that they come back um, ready to go for the next league game for Celtic. Are you liking the look of the man on loan, Jota, who got the winner at the weekend? What do you think, Barry? Yeah, it looks decent. Look, he's obviously for a good background. Benfica, um, massive club. Yep. Um, so I've seen bits that you think, yep, there's definitely something in there. Um, I'm not too sure. A lot of people are saying he looks like George Michael. Um <laughs> I don't know. That's, Is that, that just a whisper? Yeah. Going on? Yeah. Oh, go. <laughs> you turn a different corner, and there he is. There, <laughs> sorry. But listen, they come up. One thing I will say about him is he showed a real desire to get into the back post. I mean, David yeah. was a, a wide player himself, and that sometimes that frustrates me when it's the opposite side and they're standing away out in the touchline. When your your opposite wide man's about to cross it, and you expect your your um, your wide man to be in. Um, beside the centre forward and that's what he done and they got, he, he got his goal and he got Celtic to three points Joe Henry is always on it from the newsroom and the sports desk here at Go Radio the Covid update on the vaccine situation and the uptake in the camp all Scotland players and the backroom team have been vaccinated only five are awaiting their second jag brilliant so that's great good, to isn't hear it? that yeah, yeah thanks Joe terrific She's not listening, but uh, oh no, she is. Thanks, Joe, for the update. There, no, she, she's just she, checking. She's she, checking she, out another story. No, she, she, oh, she's just playing she it cool. Yeah, aye, no problem. She's the future. Just <laughs> so thanks, Joe, the update there, and she'll keep us right up to date on the news. Joe McGuire in the morning, and then Joe and Nancy, uh, the news uh, on go. Just looking to see any other headlines coming in this evening. It, it is stop start, isn't it? It's a funny time just after you know we get into it in the title race. And then suddenly we're back yeah. to international. Then we're back to the title and then it's internationals. It is stop-start. I, I think the difference is, Paul, and there are a lot of times where, you know, the, the, the league games are stopped to allow international games and you're thinking, this is a waste of time. Not now. You know, this is huge on Saturday night and, you know, I think this has grabbed everyone's attention. It's a sellout. 
um, it's going to be a great occasion. Here's John Carver on the COVID situation. As far as I'm concerned, I don't really know too much about it. But what I will say is the Scottish FA have helped towards the vaccination. They've got the vaccination centres and, and, and they've played a big part in it. So players have, have got their own opinions. They're entitled to that. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, it's up to them what they want to do. Thanks, John. But Joe told us a bit more. He says the squad are on a high. The guys are in good shape. They're full of confidence. We've got a lot of guys coming back into the squad who are on a high. And I'll use Jack Henry as an example. You know, he's just played against Paris Saint-Germain against three of the best players in the world and, and was outstanding and kept, you know, they kept the clean sheet. So, you know, there's a, there's an awful lot of players. Kieran's coming back with Arsenal on a good run. There's players with confidence and, and that helps. And he says the squad, it's evolving. Well, I think it's gaining, first of all, with international caps. I think it's gaining in confidence because of the run we had before the Euros. And we want to go on a similar run, hopefully before we qualify for the World Cup. Uh, but only time will tell on that one. But I think that the squad's evolved because players are getting better as well. They're getting used to how the manager works and how we work. And I think that's important. Uh, but we're always looking, as we've done bringing in Stephen Naismith and also Austin, we look to freshen things up and, and we look for new ideas and a fresh pair of eyes. And that's what we've done. He's got a good bridge, hasn't he, between the players and the manager himself with John Carver there. And he mentioned Stephen Naismith as well, who have has been playing up until recently at Hearts yeah I think you need that go between Paul mm -hmm. um, sometimes the managers uh, players don't like going directly at the manager so that's when you need um, good backroom staff and that's what Steve Clapp's got I mean Nezzy's just out of playing um, he's only 35 I think Nezzy's only 35 mm -hmm. um, so the, the boys will relate really well to Nezzy they know him because he was in the squads mm -hmm. with a lot of these guys as well so no it's a good a good decision by Stevie Clark to bring Nezzy in. Were you the go-to person? Or I suppose the captain's got his own role. But yeah, it, sometimes as yeah. a player, the player, some players didn't like going directly to the manager, so that's the... used to get put right on me to go on. A bit like Go Radio, we talk about the Christmas party. <laughs> yeah. on a beer. I, I was the yeah. one that had to go and obviously take a brunt of it. Yeah. Saying... <laughs> Listen, the boys are looking for this. We did that with the boss today here. We said, Joe Tracy, Barry wants a Christmas party. But actually, <laughs> it was Davey and it was uh, Leanne and everybody Absolutely. else. So I thank it was you. you. I know, exactly. Well, I meant myself as well. Davey, and uh, for Stevie Clark, so we won't see you till after the game. No. What do you think? Last minute of the programme, what would you say if you were in the dressing room? I, well, I, I don't think you have to say anything. I think the boys know the importance of the game. I think there are shades of Belgrade about this. They did it that night. I think they'll do it on Saturday, and I think I think they'll do it by a couple of goals. I've just got the feeling this is going to be a real, a real occasion for for every one of us on, on Saturday night. And the fans should be able to enjoy it and play a part. Oh, big time! Yeah, big time. The, the, the fans have got a huge part to play. Bar Barry was mentioning, you know, the, the opening stages of the game. Absolutely vital. Get the crowd up for it. Get the crowd behind the team, and they'll get so much energy from that. And if you look at the players we have. You know, so many of them are now playing at the top level in England. Five years ago, they were championship. Now we've got the cream. So, no excuses. Scotland will win. Your Go Radio prediction is a Scotland win. Scoreline? 3-1. 3-1 for Scotland. Barry, that'll do us. You'll be here on Friday night with Shelley Kerr, the former women's manager. Looking forward to that. And tomorrow night, the Aussie international, Craig Moore, and your old teammate from the past, Kenny Miller, who scored some great goals for Scotland. Thanks, Barry. We'll see you Friday. Cheers. Thanks to Barry and to Davey, to James, Chris and everyone. We're back tomorrow at five. Jokal Day is coming after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with the Taxi Centre. Save on your new taxi with exclusive discounts across Skoda, Toyota, Ford, Seat and more. Let's go! go, go.
Where do taxi drivers go when they need to buy a taxi? Well, the Taxi Centre have supplied cars to the trade for over 20 years, and they stock a huge range of motors from the world's leading manufacturers. Skoda, Kia, Toyota, Mercedes, Nissan, Ford, Hyundai, you name it. They've got saloons, MPVs, estates, minibuses, prestige cars, the lot, all under one roof, ready for immediate collection or free delivery anywhere on the mainland UK. With Taxi Trade exclusive discounts, flexible finance options and no hidden fees, They even throw in registration and 12 months road tax. So if you're a taxi driver who needs a new or used taxi, where would you go? TheTaxiCentre.com. Trade only.